the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. It's just lip service. They just don't want to be punished. They just don't want to experience the consequences. It's not true, genuine repentance. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, the Apostle Paul talks about the difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. He tells us that godly sorrow produces repentance and salvation. Worldly sorrow is just regret. Worldly sorrow seeks to escape the consequences of sin, but not sin itself. Many of us are more than capable of noticing whether or not someone is genuine in their remorse when facing the consequences of their actions. But can we recognize it when we're not being genuine in our own suffering from poor choices? In today's message, Pastor Dan reflects on the importance of true contrition when suffering the effects of sin in our lives. In his study, you'll learn the importance of grieving over the sin itself, as opposed to grieving over the results of our sin. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Hosea chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He says, we have all that we need in Jesus Christ. You're complete in Him. You have all that you need in Him. You don't, you don't need to look to human theories or human philosophies or, or to the world for answers or to the world for, for understanding. We're complete in Him. We have all that we need in Jesus Christ and in His Word. Now, go back with me to Hosea chapter 5. Here's what was happening in the nation that God had given his word to. They had the word of God. They're the people of God. This is Israel. And, and they have forsaken the word of God. And instead, they're looking to human precepts, human thinking, human philosophies for their answers and for their guidance as a nation. These are the people of God. What are they doing? Now look at the result of doing this. And again, this happens in the nation, but it can also happen in a church that does this. Look what happens in verse 12. Therefore, I will be to Ephraim like a moth and to the house of Judah like rottenness. Because they willingly rejected the word of God and replaced it with human precepts. Therefore, God says, I will be to them like a moth and to the house of Judah like rottenness. Both a moth and rottenness can cause a lot of damage over a long period of time, and yet it usually goes unnoticed. You don't, you, don't, you don't really see it until it's too late, until the damage is done, right? That's when you notice rot on your house, you know, like on the, uh, the trim or whatever. But once you notice it, it's been there for a while. It's just gotten to the point that you start to see it. 
but it's always been there. You guys have seen like the home improvement shows where they're remodeling a house and everything looks great. And then they start to take the drywall down. All the framing's rotten. It has to be ripped out and replaced. The owner had no idea. You know, and it's going to be thousands of dollars more that they're going to charge the person. But that rottenness was always there, and it's been there a long time growing. You just never saw it. It was hidden. And this is what happens in the nation. This is what can happen in a church that has moved away from the word of God. We're looking to human precepts, human theories, human philosophy now, instead of looking to the scriptures to guide us and direct us. And, and there's, a, there's a rottenness there that goes unseen for a long time. A decay, a deterioration that takes place until, well, until it's damaged beyond repair. You know, where it's just, it's, it's ruined now. And that's usually when you notice it, after it's ruined. Now look at verse 13. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound, then Ephraim went to Assyria and sent to King Jerob. Yet he cannot cure you nor heal you of your wound. When Israel realized their condition, they needed help, they looked to Assyria, not the Lord. These are the people of God. And they didn't look to the Lord for their help. They, they have a spiritual problem as a nation, but they're looking for a political answer. They need a spiritual answer that only God can provide. Psalm 118 verse 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. Israel put their confidence in man. In, in Hosea chapter 13, at the end of the book, Hosea 13, 9, the Lord says, O Israel, you are destroyed, but your help is from me. I'm the only one who can help you. Your help doesn't come from some nation, especially not Assyria. Assyria is the nation that will invade them and conquer them and carry them away into slavery. And yet they're looking to Assyria, maybe Assyria Maybe we can trust them. They seem trustworthy. (laughs) No. Look to the Lord. Then he says in verse 14, For I will be like a lion to Ephraim and like a young lion to the house of Judah. Now, I don't know what the difference is between a lion and a young lion. I don't think I would stand a chance against either one, right? It's not like I'm going to say, are you a young lion or just like a lion lion, right? Because if you're, if you're just a lion, lion, I got a fighting chance. No, like lion, young lion, either one is going to kill me. For I will be like a lion to Ephraim and like a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear them and go away and will take them away like a lion dragging its prey and no one shall Rescue. Now, back in verse 12, the Lord said, I will be like a moth and like rottenness to Israel, which speaks of a slow decay over a long period of time that will slowly deteriorate the nation and destroy the nation. Few people will even notice it happening in the nation. And then he says, I will be like a lion to them. Destruction will come suddenly where he pounces on the nation. And this is speaking of the Assyrians attacking the northern kingdom and taking them off into captivity, and then the Babylonians attacking the southern kingdom a hundred years later and taking them off into captivity. So God will be like a moth or like rottenness 
for a long duration of time. There's this slow decay happening until the very end when the lion pounces and they're destroyed. I will turn again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face in their affliction. They will earnestly seek my face. The Lord says, I'm I'm just going to return to my place and I'm just going to wait them out. Lord doesn't mind waiting on us and just leave us kind of in our affliction and in our sorrow and just wait. You know, kind of like as a parent, if you have small children and you put them in their room for a timeout, and you just wait them out. And let them scream, let them shout. Yeah, that's fine. The doors close. You know, scream your head off. And you just wait until they finally give in. And that's kind of what the Lord says here. I'm just going to return to my place. And I'll just wait. And I'll wait for them to acknowledge their offenses and seek my face in their affliction. This was the purpose of the affliction. To bring them to the place that they repent. And turn back to the Lord. So now that brings us to chapter 6. And it says, Come and let us return to the Lord. For he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter rain and the former rain to the earth. Now, this sounds very wonderful, doesn't it? It sounds like it has worked. Like God said, I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to wait until they uh, turn to me. And it sounds like, all right. Uh, they've, they've turned. Israel has, has learned their lesson and they are repenting of their sin. They're turning back to God. But here's the thing. It's not sincere. It's not sincere. Again, kind of like the child that you put in their room and they kick and scream and then they say, okay, I'll change. I'll stop. Right. And, you know, as soon as you let them out of the room, they're going to just do it again. I promise I won't do it again. It's not sincere. Israel's not sincere here. It sounds sincere, but it's not sincere. And we know this because in verse 4, the Lord says, O Ephraim, what shall I do to you? O Judah, what shall I do to you? For your faithfulness is like a morning cloud. And like the early dew, it goes away. Israel just wasn't sincere. In Psalm 78, it says, Israel flattered God with their mouth and they lied to him with their tongue. Okay, we'll change. Okay, we we won't do this anymore. Just come heal us. Make it quick, just like two or three days. Just make it quick and heal us up, okay? It's just lip service. Israel was like many people who express regret and sorrow for what they've done, but they don't really mean it. Right? They, they, just, they just want to escape the consequences of what, they done, what they've done. So they're very sorry, but really they're, they're, it's just lip service. They just don't want to be punished. They just don't want to experience the consequences. It's not true, genuine repentance. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, the Apostle Paul talks about the difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. He tells us that godly sorrow produces repentance and salvation Worldly sorrow is just regret. Worldly sorrow seeks to escape the consequences of sin, but not sin itself. 
You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. If you look at verse 1 again, Israel, look what it says. They were seeking healing, but not cleansing. They wanted healing, but not cleansing. They wanted healing from their affliction, but not cleansing from the sin that caused the affliction. They wanted God to fix their circumstances. Godly sorrow doesn't say, fix my circumstances. Godly sorrow says, fix me. I'm in these circumstances because of me. I need to be fixed. I don't just have problems, Lord. I am the problem. And I need you to fix me. I don't want you to just change my circumstances. I need you, Lord, to change me. I'm the problem. Israel had, you know, kind of a mechanical approach here to God. You know, we'll we'll turn to God. We know what he's like. We know he's merciful and gracious and forgiving and and loving. And and we'll just turn to him and he'll heal us and he'll fix us. And it'll only take like two or three days. And then we can go back to living the way we were living. Right? Like it's some kind of prescription. You know, you just take this pill and two or three days later you're going to feel better. And, and when, when it happens again, just come back. We'll give you another prescription for it. And some people, that's how they treat God. That's how they treat God. They, 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 they only come to God when things get really bad. And they want God to give them a quick fix and then they can just kind of go on their way. And then they come back when things get rough again. That's what Israel did. That's what Judah did. Verse 4, again, he he says, Oh, Ephraim, what shall I do to you? Oh, Judah, what shall I do to you? For your faithfulness is like a morning cloud, and like the early dew, it, it just goes away. Listen, the issue was not their sin. The issue was not their sin. The issue was not that their sin was just too grievous for God to ever forgive. The issue is never your sin. The blood of Jesus Christ on the cross pays for all of our sins, no matter how bad our sins may be. The issue is never our sin. Jesus can forgive any sin. The issue is our faithfulness to God. That's the issue. The issue for Judah and Israel was their their faithfulness. Their faithfulness is like a morning cloud. Like the early dew, it goes away. Like the dew on the grass in the morning that evaporates when the sun gets warm. Doesn't last very long. It's pretty short-lived. They are faithful to God for just a short while. Till they get out of the trouble they're in. Then their faithfulness disappears. And they disappear. Again, people are like that. And so my question to you is, 
How is your faithfulness to God? How is your faithfulness to God? Is it long lasting? Or is it short lived? Or maybe you stay faithful to him for a week or two or a few weeks or a month or or, or six months. Before you wander away again. Before you disappear. And then when things get difficult, you come back. Would the Lord look at you? And say, what what shall I do to you? Your faithfulness is like a morning cloud. It's like the early dew. It just just goes away. the, The Lord sounds like a parent here who is at his wit's end. Because he's tried everything. (laughs) And nothing's worked. Nothing has changed this child. Nothing has bent this child or broken this child. What else can I do? And what else can I do? Nothing has worked. What will cause you to be faithful? What's it going to take? Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets. The word hewn, it speaks of chopping a tree, right? I mean, that's... I don't want to be hewn by the Lord, right? What else can I do? I've hewn them by the prophets. I've slain them by the words of my mouth. And your judgments are like light that goes forth. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. And this this was the attitude of Israel, that they could just come and just make some sacrifices and make some offerings in the temple, make some burnt offerings. You know, burnt offering speaks of total consecration. You would take the entire animal. You didn't keep any of the meat for yourself. The priests didn't take any of the meat for themselves. The whole animal goes on the altar. You put all on the altar. And what you're saying, what you should be saying in a burnt offering is, Lord, I'm giving all to you. I'm not holding anything back. I'm giving all of myself to you. And here the people were coming and they were making these burnt offerings, but it was insincere. They weren't giving all of themselves to the Lord. It was just lip service. And here, the Lord says, I I don't want you to just come and make sacrifices to me. I don't want you to just come and make burnt offerings to me that aren't, aren't sincere. Or to put it in like our terminology, I don't want you to just come to church, right? I don't want you to just serve. Just because you think it pleases me. The Lord, the Lord says, you know, I want a relationship with you. I want, I want there to be a knowledge there, knowing there. I want you to know me personally. But like men, they've transgressed the covenant. They, they, there they dealt treacherously with me. Gilead is a city of evildoers. Defiled with blood. Elijah the prophet was from Gilead. But it's become a, a center of idol worship. Again, all these places are significant. Elijah's from Gilead. The guy who took on the 450 prophets of Baal and called fire down from heaven. The guy who stood on Mount Carmel and told the people of Israel, if the Lord God is God, serve him. And if Baal is God, serve him. Right? He called the people to make a decision. He said, quit waffling between the two. You decide who you're going to serve. And now they've made his hometown a place of idol worship. Holy cow. Like, this is how far gone the nation is. So it goes on in verse uh, 9. Look look at this. 
They've made Gilead a city of evildoers and defiled with blood. As bands of robbers lie in wait for a man, so the company of priests murder on the way to Shechem. Surely they commit lewdness. The, the priests have become robbers and murderers of the people, the people who were on their way to Shechem. The priests? The priests? People that are on their way to Shechem, again, the places all are significant. It was in Shechem where Joshua gathered all the nation of Israel together and said to the nation, Choose this day who you will serve, whether the gods which your father served or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord Yahweh. He said that at Shechem. And Shechem has become a place of idol worship. And the priests are murdering the people and robbing the people that are on their way to Shechem to worship idols. And, and it was there that Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve Yahweh. And the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake Yahweh to serve other gods. Then Joshua warned the people, if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume the nation. Huh. And the people shouted, no, we will serve the Lord. We will serve Yahweh. And so you know what Joshua did? Joshua 24, he sets up a large stone, it says, by the sanctuary of the Lord in Shechem. And he said, this stone that I've set up shall be a witness to us of what was said here today lest you ever deny the Lord your God. And guess what? The stone that Joshua set up there, it's still there today in Shechem. So it was there in the days of Hosea. And the people are going up to Shechem to worship idols with that big stone right there that stands as a witness of the covenant and the commitment that the people made to serve the Lord Yahweh and not serve the gods of the land. And the priests are murdering people, robbing people that are going up to Shechem to worship these false gods. This is how far gone the nation was. <laughs> these things are happening at places that are significant in the spiritual history of the nation. This is, this is how badly it is rotted and become ruined. So he says in verse 10, just to close us out here, I have seen a horrible thing in the house of Israel. There is the harlotry of Ephraim. Israel is defiled. Also, O Judah, a harvest is appointed for you. When I return the captives of my people, he says to Judah, Judah, your time is coming too. Judah, you should learn from the example of Israel, your, your brother to the north, of what is happening and what's going to happen to them. He says, your time is coming. You've got an appointment too, Judah. And God says this, uh, you know, to give Judah an opportunity to repent and turn back to the Lord. But they're not going to repent. We know they're not going to repent. He asked me how I know
Listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Hosea, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Most people are familiar with the idea that you're more thankful for someone's forgiveness when there's much to forgive. This book is a gracious reminder that God's willing to forget the past and forgive the wrongdoing when you come back to Him. He doesn't hold grudges, He just wants your heart. Do you resonate with what was shared today? If so, would you let us know? You can reach us at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. If you'd rather get in touch with us over email, you can do that too. Just go to calvaryec.com and look for our email address under the About tab. We'd love to meet you in person too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Hosea, so be sure to join us for our next edition here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.